right. Good evening, everybody. How we doing? Welcome to Wednesday night service. It is great to see everybody tonight. Praise the Lord. We're going to have an awesome time together. Uh, first of all, we want to let you know that we're keeping the youth group in with us tonight. So, uh, yeah, we thought, hey, we got a message that we think that it would be really good for them to hear also. So, anyway, we're keeping everybody, as far as the teenagers go, with us tonight. And, of course, Jam Jr. is still upstairs. But, praise God, good things going on, all right? Well, we're going to open up our service by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America, because who believes that America is coming to Jesus? Amen. Who believes that if there's ever a good time for America to come to Jesus, it would be right now. Yeah. Let's go ahead and stand up together as we do this. Amen. Stand up together. And I remind you that this isn't just something we do because we've got nothing better to do. We believe what we speak here. Amen. So let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise, all right? And actually, I'm going to ask, I know, hey, I'm going to ask that we remain standing for just a minute tonight because I know we're like, hey, I just worked all day. I came and I wanted to sit down to the air conditioning. Praise God, it is air conditioned, but... Uh, there is something on my heart tonight, so if I could have all of us stand up together, that would be awesome. What I'm praying for tonight is this, is no doubt you've seen the, the, the news on TV about uh, the situation in Afghanistan, and, and you know, that's a, a very messy thing. We get that, and, and my heart goes out to so many people over there. My heart goes out to our military that worked so hard for 20 years over there. It's just a, it's a situation, right? But one thing that we do have in common with some of them over there is we have brothers and sisters in Jesus over there that are born-again Christians. Amen? And it is imperative that we do not overlook that fact. We cannot look the other way while our very own brothers and sisters, these are people that we'll probably never meet here on planet Earth, but we will share heaven with them someday. And as I look at this situation, and they're very much the minority there, very much. I mean, they're w way less than 1% of the population. But uh, just knowing Christian organizations I'm involved with and others, it's very, uh, you know, it, 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 they are a targeted group, you know. And that's uh, it's just the truth of the situation right now. And I know that if I was in that situation, I would hope that my brothers and sisters all over the world would be sending up prayers to heaven for me right there. And, uh, and so it's, it's important. And I know that a lot of people feel like helpless. What can we do? We can't send money because they can't get that. We can't send supplies, but praise God. There's only one thing we can do and that's prayer. But the good news is that's the very best thing we could do anyway, right? Who believes that tonight that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And so we're going to join in prayer for our brothers and I, I, I highlight that, our brothers and sisters. And as I've studied all that this week, I've looked at, man, every problem that has tripped me up in my life, anything that I've uh, 
been tempted to be offended about anything I've been tempted to let trip me up. It seems so stinking minuscule when I realize what my brothers are going through, what my sisters are going I, I feel ashamed at some of the things that I've let seem like an actual problem when in reality I've got no problems. I've got a, I've got a really good life. And my brothers and my sisters, they need us right now. And so let's lift up our hearts and our hands in prayer for them tonight. And it's not just something we do because you're supposed to. I mean this with all my heart. They need our prayers bad right now. Amen. So let's do this together. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we pray uh, for our brothers and our sisters in Afghanistan, Lord, right now. And we realize that these are some uh, trying times for them, Lord. And so many, they've already made the decision that they'd just flat out rather die than go back on their commitment to you. And I know that they would be faithful until the very end. They would die for you, Lord. And, and there's a chance that some will, God. But I pray in the name of Jesus that your protection be around them right now, Lord. That any fear that may try to grip them, that they would have somehow the peace peace of God, the joy of the Lord is their strength. And we thank you, God, that they are being bold in the name of Jesus, Lord, and they will not go back on their word to you. They will not let go of you, but they will hold on to you. And Lord, your word says that you make a way of escape. So I pray that somehow, some way, you make a way of escape, a way for deliverance right now. And Lord, let them know that we care, that we here in America and across the world, we've got their back in prayer right now. God, and I pray that you would strengthen and encourage them and somehow get this message to them that we are praying and that we have their back, that they're not alone. May they not give up on you. May they not look away right now in this hour. And we thank you that testimonies are coming out of this. We're going to be hearing stories for years of how God got his people out right in the thick of it all. And you will get the glory, Lord. You will get the glory. We thank you that you are working miracles right now in the name of Jesus. May they stand strong in this hour of testing. We thank you for it, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. Give the Lord some praise. God is good. And amen. I believe what we prayed. We're going to see some victories come out of this in the end. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to have uh, Pastor Katie give us our announcements and our tithes and offerings. And so you can actually be seated this time. And I'm not going to make you get back up at least for five minutes. Okay. So you're good. Rest those legs. Unless I tell you to stand up, right? And then you're going to stand up. I'm only kidding. I'm kidding. People are like looking like seriously. Okay, praise the Lord. So, youth students, I love you. I am so glad that you are here all together worshiping the Lord. And if you're not sitting with them, you can totally go sit with them. So you can go sit with them. And adults, we love you, but we are not providing you dry erase boards or doodle pads, okay? You should be bringing your own doodle pads. Anyway, (laughs) Pastor Dave has an amazing message on healing tonight. And when he was talking to me about that this morning... Um, I just absolutely knew in my spirit that our youth students needed to be in here. There has been a bunch of our church family receiving healing, and we know that that is from the enemy and a lie of the devil, and we don't stand for that. And how we fix that is the word. So we're going to meet together tonight and hear the word. It's going to strengthen us, and we're going to go out, and we're going to stand in the gap for our church family and for our families, and we're going to say, mm devil, not today, or any other day for that matter. 
right? Healing's a promise from the Lord. So that's why we're all in here together tonight. I'm so glad that you made it to Wednesday Night Church. I love you. Uh, Pastor and Ms. P are not with us this evening. They're in Indiana, um, but they will be back on the 25th. So they send their love and they miss you. They miss church super, super bad. Anytime that they're ever gone, they love you very, very much, just as if you are their own children. Um, September 10th is the women's meeting. So the second Friday of each month um, is going to be our women's night out. And September 10th is our kickoff. So ladies, escape now. Get ready now. Take the evening off now, okay? It's at 6.30 in Victory Hall, and we are eating Italian food. So you bring something. It's okay if it's a Stouffer's lasagna. It's okay if it's like pre-made Texas toast out the box. We'll take it. Just bring some food with you when you come. And we'll take chocolate or any other dessert as well. It's a time that we're just going to fellowship and enjoy Jesus and some food. Praise the Lord. September 12th, so that same weekend... Sunday morning, we're having Ron and Annette Thiessen from Peru. Most of you heard my rant about that Sunday morning, but it's very, very important that you're able to come hear people like that. They pour into your life in a different way than us pastors and teachers do. And so please make it a point to be here. They have some amazing stories. These are also the pastors that our pastor was stuck in Peru with, you know, showering with a garden hose and stuff. It builds a relationship. So these are the guys that he was with. It'll be great to hear from them. Um, FPU, Financial Peace University, is beginning on September 13th. It's going to be at 6 p.m. in Victory Hall. Um, they are working on child care for that. It is available for sign-up online, okay, so we don't lose the paper. HDWC.org slash FPU. So if you're looking to adjust your money and do it God's way and to be able to save um, then you want to go to FPU. So it is on sale right now, if I remember correctly, from Josh. So check that out. There's more details online as well. HDWC.org slash FPU. And my favorite is part, and your favorite, because it's the last announcement, is September 19th is baptisms. So I love baptisms. Yay! We all get to celebrate that you are born again to win and ready for this new life as a believer. So we have tons of people um, who are either being baptized for the very first time or who are being baptized again because maybe they did it when they were a kid and it just, uh, they maybe didn't know what they were doing or they didn't understand or they feel in their heart that they've made a different and sincere change later on in life. And so we do that. And you are welcome to sign up at the info booth that Sunday morning on the 19th from 9 to 9.30. There will be a baptism class. So if you have signed up, we want to make sure you do understand the significance of what you're doing as well as the word behind what you're doing. So make sure you sign up. And when you sign up, make sure you put on your reminders and in your calendar that you'll be here 9 to 9.30 early, okay? All right. Well, it's happy time. No more announcements. Praise the Lord. Okay, so if you need an envelope for your tithes and your offerings, raise your hand. The ushers will be glad to serve you. We are not even going to turn there. You're going to quote for me Luke 638 because you should know it by now, right? Right? We don't have crickets in this building, so it really is just silent. Okay, Adriana Browning. Come on, girl. Stand up with me. I know you know this. Come on, stand up. 
come on, we're in the middle of service. It's online. It's going to be real awkward if this takes too long. Okay. We'll do it together. We'll do it together. So I asked the adults right here if they knew Luke 638 and everyone did this. And you and I both know Luke 638. So we're going to do Luke 638. Are you ready? Of course you are. Okay, ready? Luke 638 says, Given it shall be given unto you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken and gathered, running over. Men shall give give unto your bosom. With the same measure you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Okay. Adults, you should know that. Adults, you should know that. Okay. So Luke 638, when you give to the Lord, and that chapter is talking about love. But when you give to the Lord, okay, whether it be money, whether it be love, whether it be kindness, what you sow is what you reap, right? It's a spiritual principle, just like it's a natural principle. We don't plant corn and get apples. You get what you plant. So when you sow into the Lord of your finances, you're trusting him with that part of your life. And that's what you're going to reap, right? But he doesn't say you're going to get back what you put in. He said, good measure, press down like that brown sugar that you want extra in your cookies. You press it down to make sure you've got extra and running over with the same measure that you give. It'll be measured back to you again. God multiplies. So when you trust him with your money, don't you go home and worry about what you gave in the offering. Don't you give in response to pressure either, but you give out of the trust in your heart for the Lord. Okay, so let's say our financial faith confession together. Praise the Lord. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest in income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, when you're done worshiping the Lord with your tithes and your offerings, join us up here at the altar and let's get into some praise and worship. I want to scream it out from every mountain top. Your goodness knows no bounds. Your goodness Shine as bright as 
Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. All right. Well, appreciate the excitement in the house tonight. I think those teens are, uh, they're bringing the heat for us. <laughs> Amen. That's what? <laughs> okay, okay. I don't know if that's the ushers or the teens, but praise God. Praise God. Well, who's glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. Well, I can tell you that I am because I always love to be in the house of the Lord. And so tonight, uh, what we're going to be talking about is the topic of healing, healing. And, uh, and I got to say, usually my dad's the one preaching on this topic because my dad is very, very well versed on the topic of healing. I mean, if there was a PhD in Bible, uh, <laughs> Bible healing, my dad would have that PhD. And so I will say this, though, um, though I don't get to preach on it quite as much. Um, if, if there's one topic, I this, this is probably the topic I know the most about in all of Scripture, honestly, other than uh, salvation and, and possibly end time stuff. But, uh, but healing um, is something that's been really drilled into me since I was a, a child. And it's my desire that all the kids coming up through this ministry at High Desert Word Center will realize uh, the same thing that I was taught as a kid, that God is good. He's not bad. He's not out to get you. He's not out to seek revenge on you. And, and, and God is not the source of your trouble. He's the answer to your trouble. Amen. And so God is good and God is the healer. Can somebody say that tonight? God is the healer. And because of that, um, really from a very early age, I was taught a lot about healing. And so um, by the age of three, a lot of you guys know my story, but not everybody does and not everybody listening on the Internet does. So when I was three years old, I started to get pretty sick um, where we lived in Indiana. And finally, you know, they, mom and dad took me to the doctor. They ran blood tests and they're like, whoa, this kid has leukemia. And so, in fact, I lost my ability to walk. I couldn't, I couldn't walk anymore. And then I developed eye problems. I mean, it just got really bad really, really quick. And so um, they, they got me into one of the top children's hospitals in the United States, Riley Children's Hospital in Indianapolis, Indiana. And so, uh, I mean, I still remember it. I still wear the scars on my back. I've got, I had spinal taps as a three-and-a-half-year-old. And those are very painful at any age, but... I know it must have been painful because they had like three or four adult nurses sitting down on me and pinning me down so they could jab it in my back. I mean, it hurt. And on my veins here, I've had blood drawn so many times and transfusions that I've, I've got uh, marks right here on my arm still from all that. But here's the thing. Um, I was diagnosed by the, some of the top people in the United States, and then about two and a half weeks later, um, you, you know, my parents – you got to know this. They don't just talk about healing. It's not just something that we talk about or think about or visit or think that's a cute idea. No, we know <laughs> and they believe and they have drilled it into my mind and into my heart that just as much as Jesus died on the cross to save me from hell, he took beatings on his back for me to be healed. First Peter 2.24 says that by his wounds, by his stripes, we have been healed. And so uh, about two and a half weeks after diagnosis, 
one day the doctors come in to go ahead and uh, take my blood for the morning and get all that going. I hadn't walked in quite a while. I was three and a half years old. And I here's my remembrance of it. I felt something pick me up off of the doctor table and sit me down on the floor. And then I just took off running like a madman for this hospital. And I was I was running and dancing. And, and I was singing this song that our church in Indianapolis uh, sang all the time. And I mean, I, and so there's doctors and nurses chasing me around. And so they grabbed me and they're like, what's going on? This kid, has a, he can't walk. What's, I mean, I had, I had had IVs attached to me for all this time. And so they grab me. They start taking blood instantly. And immediately my blood was 100% cancer free. The leukemia was gone. It was there the night before at bedtime. And by the next morning, the leukemia was gone. And they checked my blood all the time for that's been 33 years. And it has never come back. And there's not one trace that I ever even had cancer. Amen. And so if you want to tell me that, well, I don't believe that God's a healer, you're too late to tell me, brother, because I've got his word and I've got the testimony that God is a healer. And so there's a few things that I want to get across to you tonight in a very short amount of time. I am just challenging myself. I've got about a half an hour to try to get some stuff to you. But here's the thing. I know that we need to talk about this because the whole world is is still in terror over sickness, right? And I'm not, you know, there's good reason for that. I'm not putting that down, but the whole world is in, you know, what are we going to do? What's going to happen next? And honestly, the people of God that know their covenant rights, I've not lost one wink of sleep afraid if I'm going to get sick of something. And I'm not putting down, but I'm just not going to stand up here and lie to you and tell you that I'm scared because I'm not, because I know the covenant that I have. And I'm just very, very upfront and honest about that. Um, and so... I do know that, hey, lots of people are dealing with not just COVID things, but lots of different things. I mean, that's always been that way. But here's the thing. You need to get the revelation that Jesus is not only your savior, your protector, he's your healer also. And when you get that revelation in your heart, it approaches, excuse me, it changes how you approach and look at any situation. Any sickness that comes against me, I no longer see myself as the underdog and like, oh, man, this is a big one. I always see myself as having the upper hand. I always have an advantage in every situation. Why? Because I've got Jesus on my side. And if God is for me, who can be against me? Whether it's a sickness, whether it's a person, whether it's any enemy, real or unreal, seen or unseen, I've got the upper hand against anything because Jesus is on my side. And it's not just my side. He's on your side, too, if you are a child of God. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. All right. So uh, I'll just be very flat out. Hey, we we don't mess around with sickness around here. I I will if I have to I will chase you down and anoint you with oil, brother. Now it's a lot better if you call for the elders of the church on your own, but I've been driving around praying for people this week and I mean I just I believe that this is real. Why? Because God's word says it is, which is a fine enough that's good enough reason right there, but also because I have seen miracles and I have seen the hand of God since I was a child. And you're too late to tell me that God is not a healer. And people need this revelation right now. Amen. And so let's pray. And then we're going to get into the word on this. And we're going to try to cover as much as we can here. All right.
Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that we have your word, that we have your promises to stand on. And, Lord, I declare and I decree right now in Jesus' name that your word will have free course tonight, Lord, that it will accomplish everything you send it forth to do. Speak to us, Lord. And for anybody that's dealing with sickness right now, Lord, anybody here or anybody watching on the Internet or listening on iTunes later on or whatever this is, God, I pray in Jesus' name that faith will come as they hear the word of God tonight because faith comes from hearing the word. And we are going to believe that we're going to see healings and miracles in a great big way in the name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? And so... I'm very grateful that I was raised in a church that that taught this stuff. And I'm just, I'm going to be flat out. And, you know, there's great churches all over the world, and I truly believe that. But I would have a very hard time going to a church that did not believe that Jesus is the healer. And I wouldn't hang around that place very long. And I've been to places that told me that Jesus was the one that gave you sickness to teach you a lesson. And I was like, hey, I've read the four gospels. And all I saw was that the Holy Spirit was our teacher, that sickness was a curse. That's a curse. In fact, John 10, 10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I come to give life and to give life more abundantly. Jesus is not the cause of the sickness. He's the cure for the sickness. And until you get that revelation, you're going to struggle to receive healing. Because if you don't know if God's your problem or if he's your helper, you're confused. You need to get this revelation, all right? And so three things tonight. Number one, you have to know it's God's will for you to be healed and healthy. You have to know in your heart, that it's God's will for you to be healed and healthy. And as I said, you cannot convince me that God does not want his children healed, healthy, and whole. In fact, Jesus put it this way uh, to a Gentile woman. He said, healing is the children's bread. Well, what does that mean? I mean, mean, it's their bread. It, It belongs to us. It's just, it's not something we even have to beg for. Healing is the children's bread. Now, now, I'm going to talk really fast tonight because I'm trying to cover some ground. So if I sound like Buster Rhymes from 1995, just like follow me as best as you can because I'm going to move fast tonight. All right. But um, everybody dies at some point. You realize that, right? It was appointed unto man once to die. If you were born, it's there's some sure things. You're going to be born. Who in here was born? You've experienced that? Okay, okay, good, all right. Most of you have experienced that. Some of you say you haven't, but that's cool, all right? You're going to pay taxes, right? Come on, somebody. (laughs) That's a joke. And then you are going to die someday, right? Unless we are here when Jesus comes back and raptures us out, which I, I think is a very strong likelihood at this point, especially the Middle East this week yet again. But anyway, I'm not going into that. So one way or another, you were born and you were going to die someday. Now, of course, Jesus came and took the the keys of death, all right? And so born-again Christians don't actually have to be afraid of dying anymore because we realize that we aren't really alive until we die in this life, and then we get to live forever in heaven. And so really, uh, death does not scare us like it does the rest of the world. But we all die. Here's the thing, though. As a Christian, you don't have to die sick and diseased, and miserable, and in a bad, bad way. Well, yes, you do. You've got to die of cancer. Says who? No, you don't. What about you just live until a ripe old age, and you're like, you know what? 
my time here on earth is done. I'm ready to go home and be with Jesus. I'm, I'm 95. I'm 100 years old now. I'm ready to go. Think about this. Moses, it tells us in Deuteronomy 34, 7, that he was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was not dim, and he was as strong as he ever was at 120 years old. That's when Moses died, Deuteronomy 34, verse 7. And so think about that. If Moses could die at 120 and he wasn't sick and crippled and shriveled up, he was under the old covenant. You realize that, right? You're under the new covenant, according to Hebrews 8, 6. You've got a better covenant with better promises. Now, I'm not saying you're going to live to 120. I don't personally want to live till I'm 120. I want to get to heaven a lot sooner than that. I'm just being honest, just being transparent. I'm cool to go to 90, maybe 100, but I don't want to stick around a lot longer than that because I've read what exists up there, and I want to get up there, and I'm just excited about it. But either way, it as a child of God, as a covenant person under the new covenant, you don't have to die diseased and miserable and lonely and alone and scared and shriveled up. And I'm just saying it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, but my grandpa, okay, yeah, I know. I've known, I've known lots of people. I've been related to lots of people that, that died that way. And I'm, I'm not putting down, but all I'm saying is this. I'm not saying that that was God's will for their life. I believe that God had healing for them, and God has healing available for everybody that wants to receive it. Well, how could you just assume what God's will is? I'm not assuming. I've read the Bible, and so have you. So quickly, 3 John in verse 2. Can we go there tonight? 3 John in verse 2. I absolutely believe that it is God's will to heal you if you get sick. And on top of that, I really believe it's God's will that you don't actually have to get sick. And I mean, hey, well, well, you know, you do have to get sick sometimes uh, because you're a human. Well, again, I said this Sunday night, but excuse me, I'm not only human. We're, all, we're only human. I'm not only human. Part of me is human, but I'm also a soul and a spirit on the inside of me. And my body is really the least part of who I really am. My spirit is the born-again part of me that's going to heaven. My spirit's going to live forever. This old thing's going to live for, you know, however many decades down here. But then it's gone, right? And so don't say, well, you're only human. Well, you're partly human, but you're not only human. Amen. A third of you is born-again child of God. Amen. Filled with his Holy Spirit. 3 John 2, beloved, in the King James, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and what? Be in health, even as thy soul prospers. I just wish that God would wish that I would be in health. The Bible clearly says right there, he wishes above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And so, yeah, you need to get healthy on the inside, and you're going to start walking in health on the outside. And so what's my point? My point is, number one, you have to know it's God's will for you to be healed and healthy. Let me show you another verse, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. said, I'm talking fast tonight. You better keep up. You better keep up. Matthew chapter 8. And we're going to look here at verses 1 through 3. But you have to get the revelation, and I mean this with all of my heart, to anybody hearing me right now. You've got to get it just not only in your mind that Jesus is the healer. You have to get it in your heart. 
that Jesus is the healer. Matthew 8, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 3 in the NLT. And Matthew chapter 8 is a treasure trove of healing stories. The, the whole chapter, I mean, is packed full of powerful healing stories and verses. You ought to read Matthew 8. But here we go, Matthew 8, verses 1 through 3. It says, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, if it's your will, if it be thy will, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and said, nope, not you, not today. No, he didn't say that. What did Jesus say? Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. I love that story because if you'll read the four gospels, you will see over and over again, several instances where people come up to Jesus and say, Rabbi, Master, Teacher, Jesus, if it's your will, you'll heal me. And 100% of the time, Jesus said, I am willing. It's my will. And he healed every single one of them. And so I've got a question for you tonight. How many people came to Jesus in the four Gospels for healing, and he told them, it's not my will? How many people came to Jesus and said, uh, I need healing? And he said, no, no, not, not my will. Not one time. Check this out. Not one time time did somebody come to Jesus for healing or help for that matter and he said it's not my will to heal you or to help you every single time 100% of the time and here's the deal if it was his will to heal them then then I believe it's still his will why because Hebrews 13 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever and so if he wanted to heal people back then but he doesn't right now that means Jesus changed and Jesus didn't change. He's the same that he always was and the same that he's always going to be. He's the healer. And so you need to get this in your heart, number one, that it is undeniably God's will for you to be healed, to be healthy, and to be made whole. You've got to get this in your heart. Now, there's things that we've got to do on our end to receive healing Make no mistake about it. I get that. Does everybody that gets prayed for get healed? No. I know that. I know that. Does everybody that, that, that you know, does everybody just instantly get No. And there's a lot of reasons. I don't have time to go into all that tonight. But there's a million reasons why somebody may not get healed. But I can tell you this one thing right here, that you do have to do some things on your end, right? I mean, let's just, let's just get real. If you've got lung problems, you should probably quit smoking, right? It's hard, it's hard for me to activate my faith. That's not judging. That's just saying it's hard for me to activate my faith and pray for uh, a, a miracle healing for your lungs and your breathing if you're actively doing something that everybody in the world knows is poisoning your lungs. It's hard for me to just pray, you know, for overall health for myself when I know that I have a really poor diet and that I never exercise. It would be wise of me to take care of myself also because my body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And so 
Jesus is the healer. He can overcome all these things. But I should also do some things on my end, shouldn't I? And not just be lazy and say, yeah, I'll, I'll do all this and do all that. And it's okay. I'll just pray for Jesus to heal me. And I'll just go ahead and live in, you know, live in a wild, crazy life. And it don't matter. No. I should do some wise things on this end, too, and take care of the body that he gave me. But I know this much. It is God's will to heal. And so on another note, and I'll tackle this very quickly, someone could ask, well, if it's God's will to heal, then why didn't so-and-so? Why didn't my friend or my relative get healed? Sometimes I can answer that question, and sometimes I cannot answer that. All I know is this, is that God's word is true, and I have made the choice that I refuse to elevate my own experiences over his word. If his word says, I want you healed, I want you healthy, then I'm going to choose to believe that that's his will. And if I had a contrary experience, I don't dare tell God Almighty, well, I know you said this, but really, here's what happened with me, so I think that I'm, I'm more right than you are in this. That's a dangerous spot to be in. I'm not going to elevate my experience over God's word. But, hey, I've lost loved ones to sickness before their time. I've lost loved ones and friends and family. Was it because they doubted? Well, I don't know, maybe some of them, but not all of them. Was it because they violated God's word in a different area? Could be, but maybe not all of them. I don't know. Um, Was it because they didn't really know what the word of God actually says about healing? There's a lot of people that, yeah, I know they just didn't know the word of God. And, uh, And in fact, the Old Testament says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You've got to have knowledge of God's word and healing to be able to believe in it. But uh, but not everybody that I've known that's passed away before their time, it's, it's been one of those things. But in in the end, here's where I'm at with that. Um, I've, I'm not going to judge that person, that loved one of mine that passed away or that friend of mine, and say that they, well, they didn't have faith or they didn't this or they didn't. It's between them and God. It's not my, necessarily my business. I may want answers, but there's some things that you're not going to get answers to on this earth, and you're going to have to realize that. And I, and I wish I had something better, but there are some things that we're not going to get answers to on this earth. We'll get answers in heaven someday, but here's a verse for you to know. You can write this down because it's not on the screen, but Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. We are not accountable for them. But we and our children are accountable forever for all that he's revealed to us. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord. Hey, there's some secret things that belong to God that I'm not going to know about on this earth. Maybe I'll know about them in heaven. And some of those secrets may be why so-and-so, you know, didn't make it or, or whatever. But again, that's between them and God. And I may not ever know, but that's That's okay. That's okay. I still choose to believe that God's a good God. I still choose to believe that Jesus is the healer. I still choose to believe that his word is true. Is anybody with me tonight? And so, number one, if you're going to get faith for healing, you are going to have to believe that it's God's will for you to be healed and healthy. Number two, you have to have scriptures you're standing on. You have to have scriptures that you're standing on. You've got to have this. And I understand that not everybody's great at memorization. 
You know, some people are really good at memorizing things, and I understand that. And some people, they're not so good at memorizing things. But you at least need to have a couple of healing verses hidden in your heart. Even if you just have part of it, by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. By Jesus' stripes I'm healed. Even if you just know a little bit of it, you've got to start somewhere. And you have got to get some verses in your arsenal so you can fight the devil when sickness comes. Now, I'll say this, though, and this is just an observation. A lot of people that tell me that they're no good at memorizing things can tell me sports statistics from 40 years ago. <laughs> well, I just uh, I know, Pastor Dave, can you can you just tell me all those verses? And yeah, of course, I'll tell them to you. But but I'm just no good at memorizing. Uh, OK, maybe you're no good at memorizing. Hey, do you remember the 1971 NBA finals? Do you remember? Blah, blah? No. Yeah. Here's what so and so scored. And oh, how about Super Bowl four? I remember what. I'm like, how do you memorize all this stuff? What's going on here? But you can't memorize Bible verses? Man, I was playing Fortnite. Man, I was playing whatever. And I just, blah, 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 blah. and you can rattle off, you can rattle off a lot of stuff that you care to memorize. I'm just, most people, all right? Most people, if they really want to get it in their heart, they'll get it in their heart. Or here's an even better one. Some people, well, I can't memorize the Bible. I just, I can't memorize stuff. And then if I bring up uh, some sort of medicine, they can tell me every detail about different medicines. Well, yeah, there's the side effects of this one, and the generic is called this, and blah, 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 blah. And the success rate is this, and blah, blah. I'm like, man, you're incredible. You're a little Einstein. Your memory is insane. How do you do that? But yet, I'm just saying, you need to be able to get some Bible verse. I'm not saying you memorize the whole Bible. None of us have done that. But come on. If your life depended on it, you need to have some of these things in your heart. You need, I'm going to challenge you to get two healing verses. And to make it real easy, I'm getting ready to give you three, okay? <laughs> so, uh, but I'm challenging you to get some healing verses memorized. And why is it so important that you have Bible verses in your heart that you can speak out of your mouth? Why is that so important? Because we're not turning there for the sake of time, but in Matthew chapter 4, Satan came to Jesus Christ three times and tried to test Jesus and tempt him and get Jesus to kill himself three times. Jesus was on a 40-day fast, right? And I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Jesus went 40 days in the desert with no food. That is insanity. And so he's out there, and Satan comes up and says, hey, Jesus, whoa, hey, big guy, what's going on? Uh, if you're really the son of God, like you say you're the son of God, prove it. If you really are, turn these stones into bread right here. And Jesus could have said, he could have done it and said, you know what, I, I am the son of God, I can do it. And then that would have been super bad, because then he was coming into submission to Satan, which would have been mind-blowingly terrible. Thank God he didn't do that. He could have done all sorts of things, but how did Jesus respond? He said, get thee behind me, Satan. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus answered the devil with scriptures. That was a scripture from the Old Testament. And then Satan comes again. Hey, if you really are the son of God, why don't you just jump off of this 
mountain right here. Jump off the temple right here. Come on. You could do it because doesn't the scripture say somewhere that he'll order his angels to surround you, protect you? And Jesus answers with scripture again and says, no, it is written that thou shalt not test the Lord thy God. And then a third time he says, look at all this. He takes him to a high mountain. See all these beautiful lights, this city, all these kingdoms. I will give all of this to you if you will bow down and worship me right now. And he's basically saying, no one else is around. No one will know it but me and you right now. Bow down to me, and I will give all of this to you. Well, how could Satan do that? Well, uh, it's, we're told in 2 Corinthians 4, 4 that Satan is the god of this world. Satan's in charge of this place right now, which is a sobering thought. Unless you're a Christian, then you don't have to be afraid. But if you're not a Christian, be afraid. Be very afraid right now. And so what does Jesus say for the third time in a row? He says, no. It is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And so, if Jesus fought the devil with scripture, how do you think you're supposed to fight the devil? You're supposed to punch him? You're supposed to shoot him with your Tommy gun? No, you're supposed to fight the devil with scripture. And you're not going to be able to do that if you don't know any scripture. And so, that is why we are so fanatical about You've got to know some scriptures. You've got to start somewhere. No, you know, I get it. If you, know, if you know one verse, use that verse with everything you've got. Use that verse and get some more. But this is high desert word center. Word center. We're all about the word of God. You've got to know it. You've got to speak it. You've got to love it. And it will change your life. And this right here is all that you need. The word of God. Amen. So here's some verses for you. I'm going to put them on the screen here. And and these verses, some of them are longer than this. I've I've paraphrased them or, or brought them down to the point of that you need to know about healing. Okay. Like this first one's a really long verse, but the last line of the verse is what you need to know. Exodus 15, 26. Write these down. Please write these down. Exodus 15, 26 says, for I am the Lord who heals you. He didn't say, I'm the Lord who kills you. I'm the Lord who brings disaster when I'm angry at you. He says, I am the Lord who heals you. Well, who is our Lord? He's the Lord who heals us. Exodus 15, 26. Write that down. You can memorize that. I know you can. You can do this. Exodus 15, 26. For I am the Lord who heals you. When sickness tries to come or when the devil whispers in your ear, God's not going to heal you. It's not, it's not coming. What, what, what in the world are you thinking? You're going to say, Exodus 15, 26 says, for I am the Lord who heals you. Get thee behind me, Satan. Can somebody say amen? I'm trying to teach you how to fight some battles right now. How about this one? The very first Bible verse I ever learned, 1 Peter 2, 24. 1 Peter 2, 24. When I was three years old, I knew this verse. And I know that when I had cancer, I could quote this verse. And 1 Peter 2.24, again, I'm just I'm going to narrow it down to the very last part of this right here. Now, in the King James, which is what most of us haven't memorized in, it says, by his stripes you were healed. Now, I realize that 
somebody that's especially a new Christian or something, that's a little bit confusing. Stripes, Jesus had stripes, what does that mean? And, and I'm not making fun of that. I mean, a lot of people, that's a little confusing. But what it's talking about is the NLT nails it. By his wounds, you were healed. You see, when Jesus died on the cross and hung there, died, and when he rose again, listen, a new covenant was formed, and the road to salvation was made available to you. But the scripture teaches us in Isaiah 53, in 1 Peter, and in several other places, that when Jesus received those wounds on his back, the 39 stripes from the Roman soldiers, he was beaten so we could be healed. Uh, he was beaten for our transgressions. He was, he was bruised for our iniquities. That says the chastisement or the payment for our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes you were healed, Isaiah 53 predicted. And so the wounds that Jesus got beat upon his back, that was the price for your healing. Healing's been paid for. You got to know that. It's already been paid for. You're not somebody like, man, Jesus, if you could just go out there and you did something about salvation, could you go, could you go do something about healing now? He's going to say, the price has already been paid. You have got to receive it just like you received salvation. And so is it the will of God for everybody to be healed? I believe that it is. Well, how come everybody doesn't get healed? Well, listen, is it the will of God for everybody to be saved? Yes. Why isn't everybody saved? I don't know. Some people don't receive it. I, I don't know. Some, I, you know, whatever. But you're not going to change my mind that just because we all know people that didn't get healed, that, well, it's not God's will. It is clearly his will if you look through the entire Bible and realize that Jesus did not change. You may have changed. I may have changed. But Jesus didn't change. Then here's point number three. You have to keep your focus on him. You have to keep your focus on him. And why do I say that? Because if the first thing you do when you get symptoms coming to your body is go to WebMD, I'm talking to you. <laughs> if you go to Google and, okay, headache, sinus infection, uh, runny nose, uh, uh, bad attitude, I mean to everybody, uh, uh, what, what is this? It says I'm a jerk. What in the world? No, listen, I'm just, no. If you, if you just, if the first thing you do is go to Google instead of to God, if you run to the phone instead of to the throne, we may be talking to you right now. Listen to me. Listen, God better be your first resort. And I will go on the record to say this. I fully believe in going to the doctor and taking medicine. I'm not against those things. My nephew just graduated medical school from Louisville, you, you know, uh, university. He's going to be a, a ER surgeon and all that. I believe in it. I support it. Thank God that I went, you know, to the children's hospital when I did. That's great stuff. I'm all for it. But mark my words, I do go to Jesus first. I do. I will pray, I will get to the Bible, and then if I need to go to the doctor, I will go to the doctor, and I encourage anybody that needs to, to go to the doctor. That's fine, but I don't think it's the right thing to do to not even include God at all. If nothing, I mean, I think it should be your first resort, but if nothing else, pray on your way there. Pray when you're there, if nothing else. But he should be our first go-to, not it's getting bad. I think we should pray now. What? 
we should have prayed right from the beginning. We should have been praying right at the get-go of this whole thing. But God is not plan B, plan C, or plan D. God is, is plan A, okay? And yes, I am on the record as saying I believe in doctors and I believe in medicine, but you better bet that I believe in Jesus Christ and the stripes that were laid upon his back. And I do believe that he is the Lord who heals me. And so you need to keep your focus on him. And I know that that's harder now than it's ever been, you know, with all the news going on all the time and all this stuff. And and listen, and I'm going to say this, and I don't want to, you know, I, I'm just, I'm telling you, if I were to get sick or if I were to get COVID, here's how I would handle it. I would not post pictures of me sick on the Internet. I'm not making fun or putting on anybody that does that type of thing, but I wouldn't do that. I would, I would, uh, I would probably say, hey, guys, tested positive. I'll be off for the week. You'll see me next week because I will be back, brother. You better believe that right now. But listen, but, but I would not go getting everybody's opinion. I'm sorry. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't go telling everybody, giving everybody the play-by-play and the, man, it is bad and it is getting worse. And I'm telling you right now. Why? Well, the scripture tells us in Mark 11, you can have what you say. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And if you're playing on your phone, they might be in the power of your thumb. You need to realize that you have what you say. And if you keep talking the sickness, you're going to get more sickness. But if you'll start talking healing, you're going to start getting more healing. And I believe this with all of my heart. It brought my dad through cancer three years ago. It brought my dad through a heart attack. It brought me through leukemia, and it has brought many, many people that I know and love off of death's bed time and time again. So I don't need everybody's opinion. I, I, you know, I wouldn't hide things from people, but at the same time, I would not be trying to gather as much. Uh, I don't know how to say it, but I would not be trying to get as many people to know what's going on. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm going to take it to God. And it's going to be between me and him. And I, I'm going to get healed. Well, don't you assume anything. I will assume all day long. And it's not assumption. It's the truth from the word of God. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that was within me. Bless his holy name. May we not forget his benefits. He heals us of all our disease. Psalm 103, verse 3. He heals us of all our disease. And that was the old covenant, and now I live in the new covenant. Man, you sound like a nut. Hey, don't wake me up right now because I'm having the time of my life. And I believe I believe that Jesus is the healer. We are told, you know, we use this phrase in Christian circles, and I think sometimes we use phrases, and half the people, they just repeat them because they don't know what they're saying. But we say, magnify the Lord. Well, what does it mean when you magnify something? It means you make it bigger. How do you magnify something? You focus in on it, and when we focus in on God instead of focusing in on the problem, God becomes bigger. Does God actually grow? Well, no, God's not going to get any bigger than he is. But he becomes bigger in my eyes and bigger in my vision and in my sight. And he becomes like this. And the problem starts to become like this until it's gone. But if you focus on the problem more than you focus on the answer, it is sometimes not going to come. 
you have to have your focus and your heart in the right place. I'm just trying to help people right now. I'm being very, very serious when I say this. And so one thing I love about Jesus is that he gives us the example of how to fight. Matthew 4, he gave us three times where he spoke the word when Satan came. I'm going to give you one more example of Jesus in a bad situation. John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Are you still with me tonight? John chapter 11. And here we have the story of, not only was this a story of sickness, this is a story of death. This is the story of Lazarus. The man had been dead for four days. Four days ago, he died. And so this is one of Jesus' best friends. And and everyone's like, hey, Jesus, where were you at? Why? Why? Oh. And so Jesus, is he, he shows up and, you know, he calms everyone down. But uh, for the sake of time, we're just going to cut here to John chapter 11, verse 40. And so Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha, and they're like, you should have been here. Why? Where were you? And it's just like people do nowadays. Where were you? Why? And he's like, I'm where I've always been, man. I'm on the throne. I'm right here. But look at this. John chapter 11, verse 40. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you you would see God's glory if you believed? So they rolled the stone aside. There's a mummy in there, guys. Listen, you have seen cartoons and shows of guys like a mummy. Hey, we're in the Middle East 2,000 years ago. We've got a man probably wrapped up like a mummy in this cave. They roll the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so they would believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes. He comes walking out of the grave, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him or loose him and let him go. Can you imagine just being a bystander that day? Can you imagine someone's been dead for four days and Jesus says, come forth. And the dead man comes walking out of the grave like this. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, what happened? And he's like, hey, you, scaredy cat, take those clothes, take the wrapping off of him, loose him, and let him go. What a miracle. So not only can Jesus heal, come on, he can raise from the dead and heal you of what killed you in the first place. But there's a key in this story right here. Look at this. It's in verse 41. Verse 41, look at this. So they rolled the stone aside. Look, look. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. Then he goes on. And as I study the Gospels, I find several other instances. One of them is in Mark chapter 4, or excuse me, Mark chapter 6, when he feeds the 5,000. Several instances I noticed, especially when there was a crowd of people, it says, Jesus looked up to heaven. And then prayed. And, and, and he's physically looking. And I believe that, for one, if you're just looking at all the doubters and the naysayers, it's going to bring your faith down. You need, your eyes have got to be on heaven and on God. So Jesus physically looked up there. Am I saying that we need to go around like this all the time? No. But spiritually speaking, this is very symbolic for you. Very symbolic. In the heat of the battle, in the moment, your focus better be up above and not down here. 
if Jesus himself in the worst moments shut everything out and simply looked to heaven. Father, I need you right now. I need you to show up. I, uh, you're always there. You always hear me. Let's do this now. And boom, the dead are raised. Boom, we feed thousands of people all at once. If Jesus knew how to change his focus, you better be focusing on the right thing. And the news isn't the right thing. The Internet isn't the right thing. Everybody talking about how sick they are is not where your focus needs to be. That breeds fear into your heart. And so if you, I'm going to say this, all right? If you stare at the problem long enough, you'll start to believe in it more than God. If you'll stare at the problem long enough, you'll start to believe in the problem more than God. And I know no one's going to admit this, but there's people right now that have more confidence in COVID's ability to destroy than Jesus' ability to heal. How dare you say that? No, hold on. No, no, don't, don't say that to me. Matthew 12, 34 says, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If all you talk about is how bad it is and how scary it is, that's what's on your heart and that's what you actually believe. Jesus said it. What's in your heart comes out of your mouth. And he said, hey, you can judge a tree by its fruit. You can judge a tree by its fruit. And so if all you talk about is fear and disaster and death and sickness and negativity and calamity and this is happening, I, hey, I don't have to even identify you. You've identified yourself. And here's the thing. We're not being mean and judging. We're saying, hey, let's get a hold of that and let's simply change our focus. And when your focus is on this, you know what starts coming out? Scriptures. Scriptures. Man, you hear this? Yeah, well, Exodus 15, 26 says that he is the Lord that heals me. Yeah, but they said this over here. Okay, well, 1 Peter 2, 24 says that by Jesus' stripes, I've been healed. Yeah, but they said this. Well, Matthew 8, 17 says that Jesus came to take my sickness and remove my disease. Psalm 91 says, though a thousand may fall at my left hand and 10,000 on my right hand, it shall not come nigh me. Somebody should say amen tonight because that's the word of God. And so I'm telling you right now, sickness has tried to come and knock at my door. Listen, it's tried. Listen, there, I've, I've had moments of sickness. I'm not going to say that I haven't. But through the word of God, I've got faith for healing, and healing comes every single time. And so out of all that tonight, there, this is a deep well. This is a deep topic. And I, I already went 10 minutes over my allotted time. They may fire me by No, I'm joking. But what I'm saying is this. What I'm saying is this. Is right now you need to build your faith for healing. Yeah, but I'm not even sick. I don't think I need to focus on that. When's the best time to lay a foundation? After the storm came and there's three feet of standing water? It's really hard to lay concrete when there's a flood. You need to start laying the foundation right now before sickness ever even knocks. And then when it does knock, because it'll knock, when it does come knocking at your door, you are well prepared. I know there's some verses somewhere. No, the verses will be right here, and they will start coming out of your mouth. God wants you healed. You better know it. You better believe it. And you need to start getting the word in your heart. Can somebody say amen? All right, I'm going to shut up right there. Let's stand up together tonight. Praise God. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Does anybody believe that tonight? All right. Praise God. Well, I did go over time, so pardon me. Forgive me. But, <laughs> but I want to pray over you tonight.
Amen. I want to pray for anybody watching online that may be uh, believing for healing right now. He's the Lord that heals us. Amen. You got to believe that. Stretch forth your hands tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that we have your word and your word is enough. Uh, we don't even need anything else other than that. But I thank you, Lord, anybody in this room, anybody at home, anybody in our life that needs healing, I pray right now that they will receive the truth of your word, that they will reach out in faith and believe it, that they will start tuning out the negative news, they will start uh, tuning out the, the negative people, and they will focus on you and you alone. I say healing is in our bodies right now. Healing and health belongs to us because of what Jesus Christ did on Calvary 2,000 years ago. We're healed, and when Satan comes knocking, we're going to answer with the word just like Jesus answered Satan with the word. We believe that we are healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody say amen tonight. All right. Praise God. Praise God. Well, Remember, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, we're going to be here. We're going to have a great time. Sunday night, 6 o'clock, going to be here, going to have a great time. I encourage you, uh, if, you know, uh, listen to Healing Verses. I know I'm, i got to stop talking, but listen, listen, listen. Go to YouTube and Google, and, and or not, go to YouTube and type in Kenneth Hagen Healing, and you've got the best healing teaching every night. Ask my wife. Every night, 365 days a year, I listen to Kenneth Hagin, usually preaching about healing, even if I'm not sick. Why? Because it is in there, and I love it. So listen to teaching on healing. All right, let's say the Barstow Faith Confession and shut me up, or I'm going to keep talking somebody. All right, let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. See you Sunday.